So I wanted to ask you, what do you think is the funniest thing that you did at the hospital that kept you busy and let time pass by? When I was in the ICU, uh, I was always making slime. So I opened up a slime shop where <laughs> nurses and doctors would stop by and get slime from me. Yeah. <laughs> Meet Sophia and Myla. Perhaps the two most amazing young ladies I've had the privilege of knowing. Well, there is a lot of boring time spent in the hospital. <laughs> I did have a lot of hobbies at the time. I used those adult coloring books, and I would make lions with vibrant manes. They are childhood cancer survivors. Philanthropists and just overall inspiring young people.、Uh, but on second thought, I don't think the word inspiring will do justice in describing them. I gotta say, yeah. So we did a、um, a band aid drive, where I donated、uh, different kinds of band aids to the hospital. I also had a book drive, where I collected a lot of books and donated it to the school and the hospital. Well, in 2018, the same year I got diagnosed, I felt like for my 10th birthday, I want to give back to the community. So then, I was trying to think of something unique. Like, okay, a lot of people give out candies, and、uh, they do give out quite a few things at the cancer center. So I wanted to not repeat that same thing. Whatever it is you're going through in life right now, and maybe you need a pick me up, make the time to get to know these two faithful young souls, and I guarantee you, they will give you the kind of change in perspective that we all need to be reminded of during those tough days. And oh, these girls—they've had their share of tough days. I'm Elia Garcia Pablo, and you're listening to Making Changes. Today's episode is a pretty special one because it's not often that we get to meet people like Myla and Sophia. I've known Myla for many years now, and Sophia, I've yet to meet in person. They've never met each other in person either, but they've led such parallel lives that when Sophia's mom heard of Myla's story after Myla was in remission from her cancer, Sophia had just been diagnosed, and so their families have been the support system for one another. Today, you won't just meet two young ladies, but they'll give us insight on how to help a loved one or a friend who may be going through a sudden life-changing ordeal. They're going to give us tips on what to say, what not to say, and what love language to use during such a difficult test in someone's life. You will surely laugh and cry, so get your tissues ready. Let's listen in. Hi, Atamila. I'm so glad to be talking with you today. Do you remember the time that we first met? I remember when my mom told me about you, and we watched your story. Yeah, I remember、uh, the first time we FaceTimed. I felt very happy that you reached out to us, and I was glad that I was able to connect with you and just was、um, was able to help you. When we did, I just felt glad to connect with you, and glad that 
I could talk to another family that had such a similar experience in the hospital. I'm so glad we're both happy and healthy and we both beat cancer and congratulations on the kidney transplant that you got. Thank you. So altogether, how long do you think you've spent in the hospital? Well, I've been in and out of the hospital um, since 2014 until I had my kidney transplant, but probably about two to three years altogether. So, how do you think cancer changed you? How did cancer change me? It made me more positive. It also made made me grateful for a lot of things like you. And most of all, I trust more in God now. And, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think cancer definitely changed me. I feel like... I don't think... It made me braver. This is a hot take, but I think it just showed me how brave I actually am. Not to flex or anything. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like I, after that, I I realized how grateful I am for everything. Like, uh, the day before I was supposed to start chemo, I just remember, like, wait, I'm not going to be able to go to a pu- to a buffet again because, you know, like, <laughs> there are a lot of germs at buffets. And, I mean, everyone at my church, they always had celebrations at buffets. <laughs> so it just, after that, I definitely went to more buffets. So <laughs> I... It definitely changed my perspective on the world, but for the better. Well, I'm glad we got to talking, and hopefully after this pandemic, I can come over to California and just give you a big hug. Me too. Um, I hope we can see each other in person soon. Hi, guys. Hi, Myla. Hi, Sophia. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. And I, as I'm listening to you guys, I, I feel like I'm listening to two very wise young women. But you know, just wanted to ask, uh, Myla, you were ten, right, when you were diagnosed, yes. and Sophia, you were nine. I think nine. Ten? Were nine. you ten also? You were nine. Okay. So, do you think your friends treated you guys any differently? Once you got sick, you know, because you guys weren't able to hang out with your friends as much as you used to before, especially with having to be careful, having the need to be careful, right, with germs and things like that, like you guys mentioned. How did it, how was it like, how did your friends treat you differently if they did while you were sick? For me, I feel like... I just remember that first day after I was in the hospital and I was diagnosed and I came into the classroom and everyone like shouted my name like you're back and actually someone at my hospital uh, comes to the school and can talk to your class or your grade about this thing like they were able to find mm-hmm. a way for us to connect. 
And I feel like my friends, they were able to understand. They were third graders, but they Mm -hmm. were able to understand enough. I'm glad they still treated me basically the same, except for that little being more careful. Other than that, Mm -hmm. we just still had fun together. What about you, Myla? I know you were in the hospital much longer in and out, but how did your friends stay connected with you? Um... My friends um, and classmates were definitely, they were very supportive and understanding with um, my cancer. Um, Some of them would actually come in the hospital and visit me, which is really nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Some would send cards or gifts and um, Mm -hmm. my my class, my whole class, my fourth grade class, and my teacher, um, they actually took time, part of their class, just um, shopping for hats, different types of hats for me. Um, oh, that's so <laughs> because sweet. Because they knew that I was going to lose hair, of course. So right. they chose different styles to see which one I would like. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that's really sweet. What would you, what, you know, if there were other kids who um, maybe they have a friend or maybe they have someone close to them who's battling an illness, whether it be cancer or anything else, what advice would you give to them on what should they say? Is there a right or wrong thing to say to someone? There's nothing really wrong to say because... Most people that have illnesses and you're saying something to them, you know, they know that uh, you're just trying to help them. But I do feel like there are some things that can be improved upon, like... (laughs) (laughs) Such as? Uh, (laughs) I like how you said that, be improved upon, such as? You can talk to them about what's happening, but uh, you don't have to, like, uh, smother them. You don't have to be, like, you don't have to be their parent in retrospect. You don't have to come over, like, oh, Mm -hmm. how are you? Oh, here, take this, take this, take this. How do you need me to call the nurse or something? Are you okay? You can ask them occasionally, like, oh, hey, how have you been? Uh, Just like you normally would, they might talk about the illness or not, but don't Mm -hmm. just be cool about it. Just be Mm -hmm. relaxed about it. Don't be so upfront about the illness because, again, uh, they're still a a regular person and... I don't have any way to end that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just just be yourself yeah, just basically. Just be yourself. Like 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 Sophia, you know, just be yourself and just talk to them like you regular regularly would because um you know, just because we're sick, it doesn't mean we're different. So just treat them regularly and Try to be positive. A lot of people try to be very serious, like especially the doctors and the nurses. They come in like, 
hey, how are you with those pity eyes, as we talked about, the pity look. And they're going to be very serious, like, it's almost as if they're afraid to be happy. Mm. But then, I feel like, on the other hand, you really need a good mix of those things, because since that happens, it feels like, it makes them feel like they're sick, really. It makes them think like, oh, I'm sick. I'm not supposed to be happy and be laughing. So if you can walk in uh, to your friend's hospital bed, say, and don't walk into the hospital bed, walk into the hospital room. <laughs> and Wow, that's deep. Don't walk into the hospital bed, walk into the hospital room. Okay, you're going to have to clarify that a little bit. Oh, no, that's just don't walk into the bed. Like, oh, you mean like literally, literally don't walk literally. into the bed? <laughs> I said, don't walk into the hospital bed, walk into the room. I, th- I thought you were no. being, um, I thought you were being like no. symbolical or something. <laughs> Okay, uh, got it, got it, okay. If you're able to laugh with them, if you're able to make jokes, then it's like, oh, yeah. It's like, we're friends, we're able to communicate, and that helps them think, like, oh, yeah, I'm, as I, as we said before, I'm still a regular person. I'm not labeled as that sick person. I'm labeled as a person, just a person. So we've done other stories of both of you before. Um, my uh, Myla, we've done a stories of faith on you, and Sophia, we've, you've done a faith speaks. And in your stories, you've both said that you never felt alone. You know, during your during your ordeal, during your treatments, when you were hospitalized. Can you tell us? Um, how come you never felt alone? Like, what was it that was going on inside you that you knew that you never felt alone? Who wants to go first? That feeling when God is with you, it's just a feeling deep down in your soul, like a thousand teddy bears, the big ones from the carnival, the big ones that you need a lot of points for, but just a thousand of those wrapped around you. And I feel like that can be put in many different forms. Uh, Like sometimes it's just by yourself when you're having some of some thoughts like you're thinking and then you all of a sudden you feel this you get this wave of warmth and care sometimes it's when it's with other members of the church whenever i'd go into the worship service when i had cancer everyone was checking up on me And they were like, oh, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'd be talking to them like, 
they just care for me in so many different ways, actually. Like, especially, actually, the anointing of oil, which I'd get, I think, every week. The minister would have an anointing of oil with me. And, again, just this feeling like... Uh, these people are caring with me, are caring for me. Uh, God is helping me and caring for me through this tough time. What about you, Myla? What were your prayers like? I'd ask um, for strength and for courage to help me overcome my sickness and my pain and um, to be healed <laughs> um, so that and so that I have strength to serve God. My prayers just guidance, really guidance. Uh, because before this I was just like this lunatic who would be running around. It's a much different feeling uh, once I was uh, diagnosed and it's like, okay, now we have like uh, next, the next level of uh, life and now we need to just get past this part, like, let's just, uh, let's just keep going. Um, when you were diagnosed, when you guys found, you know, heard the word cancer, and you're, you're just a kid, you know, Myla, you were 10, Sophia, you were nine, you know, did you ever think, like, God, I, I'm just a kid. I'm only 10, I'm only nine. And I've got this big adult, you know, uh, illness. Um, did you ever ask why me, God? Because I'm just a kid. I'm just a little girl. Did that ever cross your mind? Barely. Maybe if it did just a second or just a minute until I realized that... I was worshiping the true God, so this wasn't for a bad reason. If anything, it was just a test or just something physical that happened. It was just going to be a test, and I'm not the only one. Like, uh, I know that Atamila went through this. So then I realized that it's all going to be okay. We're just going to have to see how it's going to, how the road is going to be until we reach our destination healed, you know? Destination healed. How about you, Myla? Did that thought ever cross your mind? Um, not really. Maybe for, like, a brief moment. Um, but 
I just thought maybe this is God's will. This is God's purpose for me. And and he just wants um, and it's just a trial in our life that he wants us to overcome. And when you, Sophia, when you met Myla or when you saw Myla's story and you were going through your ordeal and she had already, you know, had, had, had passed her treatments and everything, what did you think when you saw, well, look at her, she's doing fine. What, what, what kind of hope did that give you? It made me think that, again, I'm not the only one. And if I do get past all of this, I won't, I also won't be the only one. But that's because of God's help. And again, seeing Atamila and all these other kids, even, and I would hear, overhear them. I'm in the lobby, I overhear them. Like, okay, we'll see you next year. And it's like, whoa, that kid, he's already done? Like, he's not going to be here for another year? And just seeing a bunch of people and hearing all these stories about, like, oh, uh, all of these guys got past it, so why shouldn't I? And especially I'm a servant of god what advice would you have for for someone your age that may be going through something tough to always be prayerful um pray for strength and courage and to always trust in god and what he could do for you mm -hmm. sophia you know in the movies when the when it just pauses it just freezes like don't just stay within like that one room and keep thinking thoughts to yourself or you're gonna go crazy get other people talk to other people even the nurses if you have to just go talk to the nurses and your doctors i feel like since we had this experience that happened in our life uh, i want to become a doctor when i grow up so I feel like that empathy will help uh, with those patient encounters, like uh, diagnosed with cancer. It's like, oh, it's gonna, you'll be fine. I went through the same thing. Uh, so Sophia said she wants to be a doctor because of her experience to help others. What about you, Myla? Have you thought about um, what you wanna be when you grow up? I always wanted to do something with that to do with kids. So um, I thought about back then, like before I was sick, I always wanted to be a teacher. But um, after my experience, I, I want to be a child's life specialist. Mm -hmm. they're, they're kind of like a mix between a social worker and a school teacher. <laughs> um, I guess, I mean, that's how I could describe it. Um, they stop by and um they would give you like if you need if you're like bored they'll like give you stuff um to do um if you need someone just like to stay with you in the room they would stay with you or sometimes like when you would have when i would have like a big surgery coming up they would call the 
child life specialist just to like explain things and just like help you be calm about it. So now in a way, if you never had the cancer, do you think that you guys would have thought about these things as for your no. future and what you want to do? And not do? at no. all. No, I don't think any, well, maybe the doctor part, but not anything close to like where I am now. Not of the uh, experience or the feelings or I, if I didn't have the cancer, I wouldn't be here right now on this podcast <laughs> for the cancer episode, right? <laughs> and I wouldn't get to meet you, Atamila. I wouldn't be all over. I wouldn't have been on <laughs> Channel 4. That was a good day. I left early from school. Okay, well, I just want to thank you both. You know, I'm so excited to see what kind of life you both are going to live as adults because as as young people you've already done so much and you've impacted so many lives and i'm really really excited to see what else god has in store for the both of you um if you've already gone this far and the courage and the faith and the bravery that you have i feel like after listening to you both people will feel like they can tackle anything they can overcome anything with God by their side just by listening to your stories. So thank you. And I wish you guys the best in this school year and finishing up the school year. And good luck with the rest of your high school, Myla and Sophia. Good luck with the rest of middle school. I know that you guys always make the best, right? You guys have taught us to always make the best of any and every situation. So thank you. Take care, you guys. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Aren't they great? Such wisdom and such young hearts. If you want to hear more from Sophia, you can watch her Faith Speaks episode as she talks about being brave. And you can learn more from Myla in previous Stories of Faith and Blessed Moments episodes, all right here on incmedia.org. Now, if you want to see more of both their community service projects, check out incgiving.org. As always, if you found value in what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe on the INC Media app, Apple, or Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, maybe you can leave us a review. And if you want to see the faces behind the voices, check out our Instagram account, Making Changes Podcast. Thanks for listening. And may your change uplift you.